yo, yo, Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Let's jump right into it. Rachel has a problem with learning <laughs> about animals. No, I don't. That yes, you do. I have two animals that live in my household. I don't have a problem with learning about animals. Here's my thing. This is so to give y'all some context. Prior to the podcast, Van was talking about animals, different types. I guess questions that arose while he was on his vacation in Turks and Caicos. It's got his mind wandering and he's starting to inquire about animals. And I don't have the answers. Trudy doesn't. Donnie doesn't. And Van brought up the point that we stopped learning about animals after what? The age of 10? At an early age, basically. And I said. Which we talked about before with the sea lion debate. And I'm sure okay. our, our thought warriors forgot about that until now. As did I. My point being is that. I love animals. I just, unless there is a desire to, to learn about animals because you're going to be working with them, I understand why after the age of 10, we don't learn as much about animals. It's not necessarily a need. When it comes to prioritizing subjects in school, animals is probably towards the bottom. Now, if you choose to seek out that information, it's available to you. This is the arrogance of humans. So we're in, we're in Turks. We're all hanging out and there's a crab at the bottom because like the, the water is shallow there. Everyone's there. Kalika, Alicia, Candida, Charlemagne, Jess, everybody's there. And there's a crab at the bottom of the fucking water. All right. Because like, the, the water is yes. the, the, the but the water is shallow enough to uh, jet ski, but it's, it's deep enough to jet ski, but it's shallow enough for you to stand in. Right. You know, you've been to Turks. So you go so you go out there and there's this part where you go out there and you you jet ski out to the middle uh of uh Kalika fell off the dock. It was hilarious. You jet ski out to the middle of this the ocean and you're there. And there's like a bar in the middle of the ocean. A sandbar is what it's called. Yeah. Well, whatever. And you have drinks and they got music playing and all of that stuff. And and like, you know, you you're everybody's there and you're vibing and you're you're meeting white people and they're super cool until they start talking about why they couldn't do this in America. And you go, oh, why couldn't we do this in America? There would be so many laws and red tape that we would have to get through if we were going to have something like this in America. You couldn't really do it. It's too much. I'm a, I voted for Trump. Hey, <laughs> hey, not on my trip. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. I liked you. We were vibing. But while we're out there hanging out. People start jumping around because there's a crab in the sand at the bottom of the shallow ocean. Water's coming up to maybe like your 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 chest. Uh, and there's a crab, and the crab is being mischievous. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, <laughs> I didn't know that crabs could breathe underwater. I didn't. I thought that a crab could go in the water, but then a crab had to come back out of the water again. I didn't know like that humans. a crab... Well, or like a whale or other animals that are like, because every crab I've ever seen has been on land. And I know that there are animals who are amphibious and can live in both the water and the land, but every crab I've ever seen is on land. I've seen crabs or the nature channel in the water, but I thought they eventually came out of the water. So again. like when people get in their boats and they go get crabs, mm -hmm. what was that boat on? 
the boat was on the water. So you thought but, that they catch the crabs because they all just eventually are just floating, waiting in the water at the top because they go get the crabs. I didn't know that <laughs> a like, crab you should breathe underwater. Okay. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? Where do they hunt for whales at? In the water. Can a whale breathe underwater? Yes. No, well, it, he can't. Well, it can't no. for a second, and then it pops out. Uh, no, a whale cannot breathe underwater at all. A whale <laughs> oh, has to come up. A whale has a blowhole. It's yes, a mammal. I, knew, I knew that. I knew a, that. Right. A, a whale has a blowhole, comes up, blows water out of the blowhole, takes in oxygen, and then goes back down under the water. I'm okay? pretty sure the well that Jonah was living inside of was breathing underwater. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My point is this. My point is this. I am animal. And by the way, what I just said about whales, I'm not entirely sure that that's accurate. I'm pretty sure. I am animal ignorant. And I think personally that a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast, remember the sea lion debate that we had on yes, here? Yes, yes. Okay, I think a lot of people on this podcast are animal ignorant. And I think, I'm being serious here, I think being animal ignorant is very serious because it shows that we think we're so important that we don't have to learn about the creatures that we share the earth with. Therefore, we don't even think about these creatures. Okay. All right. And then we fuck up these creatures' habitats. There's a goddamn a bar in the middle of the ocean where this, this crab, we're blaming the crab for nipping at our feet when we're in the crab's house. You're in the crab's territory. You're right. You're right. You're right. But maybe the people that built the sandbar didn't even know that crabs can breathe underwater. So maybe they didn't even know that they were messing over the crab. They knew. They just didn't care. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff on this podcast. To say this podcast is called Higher Learning. There's <laughs> stuff that, look, we don't know. Like we, can't, last, we don't last know week, everything. Remember, we got in trouble with Scandinavia. Oh, I know. I saw. But here's the thing. Nobody. Here's the thing. The worst part of that whole conversation is I looked it up and read it off and nobody corrected me that the Netherlands were not included. I was like, oh, yeah, these countries. And I said it. And in my mind, because we were talking about it, I heard Netherlands. But the truth is, it's not included. Apologies. Apologies to everyone. I didn't catch it. Van didn't catch it. Trudy and Donnie didn't catch it. See I'm geographic. Right I'm geographic. Well, it's true because I actually looked it up and I was dead wrong. But I'm I'm geographically challenged. I'll be, I'll admit why, that. Why has it got to be about me, Trudy, and well, Donnie? I, I read. So so this why, many, so I times, said it. How many times do we say something and Donnie chats? Okay, can I, the can correction. I be honest with you? Why are you blaming Donnie about I'm it? I'm not. Though? I said you none are. of us. No, I said I was wrong. I read it out loud. Yes, I did. And I said, I was, I, in my mind, I thought I read Netherlands because we were talking about it. And I said, I said it out loud and nobody else caught it either. I was like, these well, are, I go, these are the six Scandinavian countries. So and this, nobody this is, caught that. This is my thing, though. I somehow figured out that I was wrong. I was like, that I'm wrong about that. And then you came back mm -hmm. and made me feel that I was right and I went with it. I was like, oh, okay, so I must be right. No, wrong. I was trying we're to wrong. help you out. I was trying to help you out, we're, but I was, wrong. We're wrong. I was wrong. We're wrong about Scandinavian countries and you know what? 
I bet we're going to be fucking wrong about crabs in some sort of way. Or something else. Say it again. Something else. Crabs. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So that's the end of the story. Y'all got, I mean, no. y'all, y'all, did you, were you able to enjoy the rest of your time? At this? It was very fun. Okay. So let me tell you what happened. Okay. Uh, I did something called three different waters. Okay. Well, I sampled all the waters that Turks and Caicos had to offer, which means in one three-hour period, I got in the ocean, and then I got in all the pools that the hotel has to offer, which was a lot of pools. I demanded to be served in the pool when I'm at the water. There was one pool. Let me tell you something, Rachel. I discovered something that I had never been to before. And that which is? was a pool with a swim-up bar. Really? Oh, my God. You've never been to that? It, it's amazing. You've no. never had that no. before? Oh, no. I'm so happy for you. No. Pool with a swim-up bar. I swam up to the bar. <laughs> and it's the life. As the, <laughs> as the drinks flow, started to flow, the swimming that I did got more elegant. At first, I did a regular American over there. Then I get a pino colada, and then I come back. And then when I swim again, now I'm backstroking over there. And then I get a rum punch. And then before you know it, I'm snaking over there (laughs) to the music. (laughs) You know what I mean? I get a Bahama breeze. And then I'm not even swimming. I'm just shaking over there and, like, getting up. Serve me alcohol. It's good. And then I got went to the other bar that was, like, the the more – classy bar but by that time the more classy pool but by that time i was drunk so i was shadow boxing in the pool and people were asking me if wow. i was like a professional boxer i was like yeah between fights time out you were shadow boxing how deep was the pool like it, just, wasn't, that, it wasn't that deep. i can't imagine <laughs> honestly though a swim up bar is like the epitome of laziness and i love it I love it. It's how you should be on vacation. You're in the water. You're free. But then at the same time, you don't have to go anywhere. There's food. There's drinks. It's the best. There's music. There's there's people. It's the best. Me, coconut, shrimp. And then there are people on the side that recognize me. 
It was like, Van, you living your best life. I was like, hell yeah, my niggas. You know what I'm saying? That's and and by the way, just to let everybody know, if you catch me at the bar, any bar, if you catch me at any bar, just wait a minute. Wait till I've had a couple of drinks. If I've had a couple of drinks, I'm going to leave with a fifteen hundred dollar bar tab. It's the way it works. I'm gonna start buying drinks for everyone. It's just the way wow. I do it. I just like I just I just love to wow. see, hey, I don't like to drink alone. You get drunk too. You get drunk too, black people and Turks. Wow. Very fun. I saw this one mother. Oh, before I get off Turks, I saw this one mother, and I've never felt a woman's pain more than I felt her pain. Like I became Gloria Steinem. It's like so. It's it's a lady, and she's at the bar. She's ordering drinks. Mm-hmm. Her husband is over at the foot of the pool, and he's blowing up like a, um, like a like a floating. I don't know, like a yeah, like a fucking look like an alligator or something like that. Something okay. crazy. He's blowing it up. He's miserable, and they got one daughter. That when I'm drunk, she keeps telling me that she's a mermaid. And I'm like, interesting. Very nice. It's amazing. I'm doing my thing, though. If you could just let me relax, <laughs> child. I love kids, but I'm doing my thing. If right. you could just let me relax, that would be great. Uh, but she was cute. I'm a mermaid. I'm a mermaid. I'm a mermaid. Then she splashed water on me. And I was like, all right, got swim to the other end. Uh, but they had her. They had another child that was naked and running around the side of the pool. And then they had another child that was trying to get a drink. And then the mother also had a baby that was strapped onto her. Four kids? Four kids. And the child is crying about the fact that she hasn't got her drink yet. And the mother looks at her and goes, "Uh, just to let you know, I haven't gotten anything. I haven't had any fun. I've been so busy trying to handle everything for you guys that I haven't gotten the opportunity to even get one drink and you're asking for another one. <laughs> do, it's do, so true. It's so, and I'm like, I wanted to like, I, I wanted to give her a round of applause. I actually wanted to be like, hey man, you know what? Go chill out. I'll take I care of that. I got the kids. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> and she was being man, so honest and she's talking to kids. a child and she's on vacation. Va- on vacation. A term we use loosely because she really wasn't. She just, she, she, Hell had, no. she had a change of scenery is what she had. Man, that makes me think about like vacations with my folks. And it's like, was I like that? Did they get a chance to enjoy the vacation or was I just bratty running around? Probably. Well, no I mean, matter. it's like, it's different, right? It's not the same thing with you guys because you guys would vacation at different churches and there would be people there to help you. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot. That's what mission, like you, mission you trips. Go, you're right. I forgot. I forgot. That's the only way we vacay in our, in our long skirts go. and flat shoes. <laughs> like, come long on. Long skirts, flat <laughs> shoes in our, in our RV. You guys. Okay, are, I literally are thought around. you were about to say in an ark. <laughs> I literally ar- thought that's what probably you were so. Say. Probably so. <laughs> Do we have to go to Jericho again for vacation? I don't want to go to Jericho again this year. It's the Holy Land. The judge. Shout out. How's the judge doing? How was his Thanksgiving? The judge is fine. Oh, so <laughs> he's probably going to get mad at me for saying this. What happened? <laughs> he, um, my mom is, was, was in Houston taking care of her mom. And so that's where they were going to spend Thanksgiving. So he decided to go down there, but he didn't want to drive and he didn't want to fly. So he decided to take the bus. 
and he wanted to take. Is the judge fucking insane? <laughs> he's just, he's so low maintenance. My dad is so, you know, it's like my dad grew up on a farm, 11 kids. Like he is not about, doesn't have any airs about him, is not like sedity in any kind of way. Like he was just like, I'm gonna take the bus. So he took this bus called the Vaughn Lane. It's like supposed to be a fast bus straight from Dallas to Houston, super quick. Bus broke down in Corsicana. My dad was stuck for three hours on the bus. My uncles were gonna have to come out and get him. He he tough, he was he toughed it out. Bus got fixed. Made it to Houston. Yeah. So uh, Thanksgiving started out rough for the judge, but it ended up well. It ended up well. Yeah. I'm glad for him. <laughs> I'm glad for him. I wonder if he was able to like get like a biblical meaning out of the the the, the bus break. I'm sure down. he gathered everyone around for prayer. Maybe held church during those three Maybe hours. Maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe he did. The judge. Uh got a packed show today, Rach. Got a packed show do today. We? All right, and let's we do go. like. For, you ready to get to it? You ready to get to it? Let's start off with our old pal, Stacey Abrams, announcing that she is going to run for governor of Georgia again. She is potentially setting up a rematch uh, with Brian Kemp in 2022. Abrams, of course, is the former Georgia House Minority Leader was credited with helping the Democrats win two U.S. Senate contests. She lost her previous bid for judge, an election that a lot of people down there in Georgia thought was wrought with irregularities and election fraud. And thought that Brian Kemp and Raffsberger, who is now the uh, Secretary of State there, well, Rasberger wasn't there. Then, right. Brian, Brian Kemp, Kemp was, was the Secretary, the Secretary of, State. of State, which is why, who's in charge of voting, which is why it was, or oversees it, I should say, which is why there was some speculation. Sketch, sketch. She lost by 1.4 percentage points. My question to you is, with her increased national uh, platform and with the fact that many Republicans are on the outs with Brian Kemp because of his estranged relationship with President Trump, do you think Stacey Abrams has a legitimate shot to win the Georgia governor's race? I mean, I hope so. I definitely think she has a shot. I was a little surprised that she was running. I don't know why I thought because she has has already run and we saw what happened and then she took that and turned it into something beautiful and, you know, got people out there to vote in record numbers, not just in the state of Georgia, nationwide. I thought that she would run for a larger platform in the future. Um, I'm happy she's running for governor again. I, governor again. I just was was shocked that she is. I definitely think she has a shot, though. Um, concerns I have, obviously, are that they've you know voter restriction. You know, after she had that that historic run as far as getting people out to vote, we saw the legislature there pass laws that restrict voting. So I think she's definitely going to have a challenge, not the same challenges necessarily that she had with Brian Kemp and since he was the secretary of state. But there are going to be challenges. And I think just because you have Republicans that are on the outs with Brian Kemp because of how he his relationship with Trump, that doesn't automatically automatically guarantee a vote. For Stacey Abrams, maybe it does mean that they'll abstain from voting. So that's less votes 
for Brian Kemp, and then that would be favorable to Stacey Abrams. But we'll have to see. I'm rooting for her. I was excited to see the news. I was just, I, I just thought she was going to run for something different. So, Stacey Abrams will win. She's going to win. Okay. She's going to win this race. So, there was really nothing else she could run for. The two Senate seats are taken. She's not going to go to Congress, right? That's a step back in terms of national recognition. And I think that a, a lot of people have learned from the Beto O'Rourke situation that you don't want to run for president too early in your right. political career. So you don't want to. So she wasn't going to do any of that stuff. She's going to win this race. And let me tell you why she's going to win. Number one, I'm fully expecting Brian Kemp to in some way try to get back in the good graces oh, of former President yeah. Trump. Okay. So that President Trump will campaign for him. I can't see President Trump uh I can't see President Trump burying the hatchet with Brian Kemp. See, I don't think that's the case. Mm. I can't see him burying the hatchet. Now if if he's announced the run, maybe he feels like he needs Georgia. Uh, maybe he'll do it then, but I can't see him going back on all the things that he said about Brian Kemp. It just would make for a really, really awkward. He's done that before, though. To not to this degree. I feel like uh, not. Maybe he has, but I don't really. I feel like this would be different. But maybe let's say that he does. Okay. Stacey Abrams is the one person who can organize around some of the voting roadblocks that they've put in Georgia. Mm-hmm. If there was going to be somebody. At the t- at the the top of a ticket that could run and give people exactly the prescription that they need to figure out ways to not be disenfranchised in Georgia, it's Stacey Abrams. Um, and I just think with the nationwide platform that she has now, it made a lot of sense for her to go back at this office. I feel like this is a, a step towards. You know, running for an eventual presidency or having a higher national office, maybe a Senate seat, you know, but those who knows, who knows. But she's got two guys in the Senate that she likes now. But I personally think that uh, it's set up. And I'm not I can't remember a candidate being in a better position to run for a governor seat that they previously lost than Stacey Abrams, who I think has proven to people all over the country that she can organize, that she can solve problems and has proven uh, in the state of Georgia that she can do all of those things. I agree with you in the sense that Stacey, I, I do believe she can win. I definitely think she has a shot. I do. I did think that she wasn't going to run this quickly for office. I thought that she was going to wait and run for Congress in some capacity, whether it was Senate in the future or it was um, for the House. But I do disagree with you, though, about Trump, because to me, it's anything to have power. And we've seen him dog people before. Ted Cruz is the main one who comes to mind where he dogged his family. He dogged him as a person, had the most personal attacks against them. Yet that seems to be far in the distance because you would never you would never know. It's Ted Cruz embraces him and Trump embraces him the same way. So I think it's all about winning for Trump. And I think that if Brian Kemp did come to him and did apologize and did say that he made a mistake, that's all Trump needs to endorse Brian Kemp 
and fight against Stacey Abrams because one thing that he does dislike is Stacey. So I I do think Stacey can win this, but I would not be surprised if Trump does return to Georgia. He's already there campaigning with um, Herschel Walker. So it's nothing for him to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to support Brian Kemp too so we can just run this entire state. I can't see him letting pride get in the way of having a Democrat as the governor of Georgia when it's such a battleground state. See, it's true. Um, I will say this. They've already given Stacey Abrams' campaign a lot of ammunition. Trump tweeted once or said once that the people of Georgia might have actually been better off with Stacey Abrams and not with Brian Kemp. (laughs) That's the classic Trump. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> um, him and Brian Kemp have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. You're right. He's he's gone places like that with people before. Uh, he said Brian Kemp is not a real Republican. He said Brian Kemp is a coward. Uh, he said that Brian Kemp didn't have the courage to do whatever he was, and he's gotten a lot of people on the bad side of the governor. Uh, but but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can if, if they can if they can bury that hatchet. That's a big hatchet to bury. But you know, last time I feel like people nationwide campaigning for Stacey Abrams hurt her. You know, hey, it was all of these people from out of town, Oprah and stuff like that. Vote for Stacey Abrams and stuff. I don't think it'll be as big of a detriment now because I think that the 2020 election changed things. But we'll have to see how. It Wait, goes. it's funny that you say that because I say that same thing about Beto. He had a lot of celebrities nationwide that were rooting for him when he was running. And I think that that hurt him because it made, it gave this false impression that the state was actually behind him, but really it was people who can't even vote in the state. Do you think that that's like an issue when you get that nationwide attention and it maybe gives you this false sense of reality that you're better off than you really are? Is that, is that it what certainly, you think? It, it certainly is an issue, but I think in the case of Stacey Abrams now, it might be less of an issue because okay of the oneness of the 2020 election. So Stacey Abrams wasn't just given credit for winning Georgia. She was given credit for winning the election. Mm -hmm. So she became a national figure in that everybody now has a vested interest in Stacey Abrams. Before, I think the underlying sentiment is, why do you give a fuck about what's going on in Georgia? You're just getting involved uh, for cosmetics. Yeah. Well, now... I think that that's actually fundamentally not true. I think people want to see a person like Stacey Abrams get as much power as she possibly can because we've seen her ability to organize and get things done. So I think it'll be a little bit different in this case now because now when you say, hey, well, why do you want Stacey Abrams to be governor? It's not because we think Georgia needs this. We don't even live in Georgia. We don't know what Georgia needs. It's because we've seen what Stacey Abrams has been able to do. Mm -hmm. So it's a better selling point now than it was Even then, because before, you know, it was was tough. It was tough. It'll be poetic justice for her to get that that seat. I mean, my that's going to be a huge thing when that happens. Not if when it happens. Will justice find Chris Cuomo? Oh, (laughs) okay. I thought we still talking about Stacey. (laughs) Chris Cuomo has been suspended indefinitely following new disclosures that he helped his brother Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo in the midst of a scandal over sexual harassment, sexual, sexual, sexual harassment, sexual, sexual harassment allegations. Now, they'd already known that he had done some stuff, but 
Now the stuff that he's alleged to have done goes a little bit further. He's alleged to have actually used his skills to uh, farm out leads and different social media things and head people off and try to influence them on behalf of his brother. Not just giving advice, which CNN already knew, but now he was acting as a direct operative. Question is, knowing this and knowing uh, the seriousness of the allegations that were and are against Andrew Cuomo, can you ever trust Chris Cuomo again? Oh, Chris Cuomo's out. This is it for him. He's not getting a show back. And, and I, when I saw that he was suspended indefinitely, at first I was like, wait, what? And then I read how involved he was. And that's, that's just what we know. You know, if that's what we know, it's five times worse than that. And I get being in the predicament of this is family and family first. And I wholeheartedly believe that. But with this new information, it is as if Chris Cuomo took it a step above and beyond and beyond and beyond. He was finding out these leads using the sources that he knows. And he almost seemed to be, you know, trying to fix the situation before it came to light and the public knew about it. That's taking it way too far. Can I trust Chris Cuomo? Sure. Until it involves family. And I, and that's, and that's the best way for me to put it. And I, and like, like I say, I can't, I can't have him rest on the shoulders or, or on the, or die on the hill of, I was, it was my brother. That, that is true to, to a point. You took it a step beyond that. And even so concealing that from CNN, I mean, you were, you were forthcoming about that you were involved and you were supporting him, but you didn't give all of this that came out during the discovery when they got all this information and they learned more. So you were truthful to a point and then you had to be truthful about the information that they found out. So yeah, I trust them until it has to do with family. Okay. He actively engaged in tracking down leads about stories that might affect his brother and spoke regularly with his brother's senior staff. All right. The answer you just gave is the reason why Chris Cuomo is not going to lose his job. I'll give you two reasons. Number let's one. Let's bet on this. Let's let's bet on it then. I'll give you, I'll give you two reasons. Number okay. one, Chris Cuomo's show is incredibly popular. I know that. He averages 959,000 viewers, as well as an average of 212,000 viewers between the ages of 25 and 54, which, of course, we know here in old television land is the most coveted demo because they buy shit. Mm-hmm. All right. So that plus the fact that this lapse in integrity, not once but twice, can be chalked up to what you just said which was it had to do with his brother, you said, I can trust Chris Cuomo just as long as it doesn't have to do with family. I think for a lot of people, I don't think that there would be much outrage if Chris Cuomo got his job back, which is the reason why he probably will get his job back. Even people that understand what it was that he was working with his brother to try to figure out know that it's his brother. You just said, if it's not about his brother, then I could see him getting his job back. People are going to say, hey, that's his brother. We can understand that. 
He's going to give an apology. They're going to bitch him for a while. He's coming back to the air. He's too popular. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All that you're saying is true about the popularity. We know that. People watch him more than they watch anyone else on CNN, right? He makes money for the company. However, you said you don't think the public will be that outraged because he was doing it all in the name of family. What was he protecting Andrew from, though? What was he seeking out and maybe trying to conceal or hide from the public knowledge? Sexual harassment, sexual assault. That is unforgivable. So you have to realize that the public may not forgive Chris Cuomo because you put your brother above women who were placed, who were, you know, assaulted, harassed, allegedly, I guess I have to say that word, by your brother. You put your brother over the claims of these women. These women are victims and you put your family over that. That is something that the network may not be able to get past. That is well, something that the public may not be forgiving about. I, I'll, put you, I'll put it to you like this. As we sit here and we talk, that is something that the network might not be able to get past. That is something that the public might not be able to get past. But I'm telling you that they're going to. Mm, so he'll be um, back. I think Chris Cuomo will be back. How long? I think that... I it might be a while. I think that he'll be back. I think that there's going to be an apology and whatever. Because as what as what you just said, I think and they've we've seen stories. We've seen the woman that led the Times Up movement have a son that was involved in something like this, and we saw her react to that very poorly. Because as much as we're talking about this, when we start people. Are human, and once we talk about, start talking about people's families, and the people that taught you how to piss in the toilet bowl, and taught you about and, and taught you about like you know like your brother, or taught you about I get it Spider Man and football and all of that stuff. Thank you. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like once you start dealing with that, it might make people act out of character. Like murder is bad, but you might help your kid hide a body. So I'm not saying that what he did was you know damn well right now. If you came home and like you 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 heard somebody, the judge is like, I know how to figure this out, but you gotta make sure you repent first. Okay, now let's go bear. <laughs> you know. But so I'm not saying that what Chris Cuomo did was right. And I would like to believe that if I were in a similar situation, that I wouldn't do that. But I think that people are gonna see past it. And I think that CNN is gonna see past it because with CNN, it has more to do with uh with um with 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 money and if they wanted to fire him they could have already done that yeah i think they're they don't want to be quick to pull the triggers in regards to just completely firing him i think they're trying to figure it out but you're right i mean i can see it both ways if you let him go it sets a precedent if you keep him it sets a precedent as well so it will be interesting i don't envy cnn execs that have to try to figure this out or warner media whoever it is but um It'll be interesting. You It'll say for days. a long time, a month, two months, three months. I think maybe longer you, than that. You, I think, see, I think if you go past three months, it's too long. Yeah, okay. Right? You gotta let them go. There have been other people who've come back at CNN. Tubin. Ooh, Tubin. Oh, flesh Tubin. <laughs> um, Doctor Oz is running for Senate. <laughs> that could be the story. Doctor Oz <laughs> is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. 
he's a Republican. Are you surprised at that? Are you surprised Not at that? Is a Republican? No. We were on vacation. I was like, uh, it's interesting, you know, and I was like, is he a Republican or a Democrat? And people were like, oh, he's got to be a Democrat. I was like, why? Because he's friends why with Oprah? Say, is that why? Why would you say that Dr. Oz would have to be a Democrat? And like, what did they he, say? They were like, oh, I just seems like he's a, he's a Democrat. He cares about people or whatever. But he's not. He's running as a Republican. Uh, he is going to succeed retiring Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Toomey. Um, and the race includes Philadelphia area businessman Jeff Bartos and Carla Sands, who served as the U.S. ambassador to Denmark. Under whose administration? Trump, but forget about Trump. I want to talk oh, about Oh, you want to go back again. to Scandinavia? Scandinavia. <laughs> I got to go to Denmark, baby. I want to see somebody wrote. You will be underwhelmed the- by, by Ariel. You will. You'll walk past it and be like, wait, 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 what? That can't be right. I've been reading about that statue since I was a kid. I read about it in the World Book Encyclopedia. There's a statue of the Little Mermaid. I can't be right. You guys don't even know. Have you seen the statue? Yes, I'm telling oh, you. Okay, I, I might not know my Scandinavian countries, but I did go to Denmark. I was in Copenhagen. You'll be more surprised at all the bicycles. <laughs> I think that people ride have, bikes. Like, but it's it's a lot. Can Can I be honest with you? Yeah, I can't fucking stand these celebrities running for Senate. Well, I th- this is why I thought this story was interesting because we literally talked about this on the last mm-hmm. podcast about celebrities running. Yeah, celebrities running for I just don't I don't I don't get it I don't I don't want Doctor Oz to run. I don't. I don't think he'll go far. That's a, I mean he's going up against some heavy hitters here, and I don't even understand his basis honestly of running. He's talking about medicine and politics, and I just I. I, don't I, I still haven't forgiven Doctor for Oz. Doctor Oz once did uh, a segment on his show called Fatter Day, and the segment was about how to have a cheat meal. Um, how you do it on Saturday, whatever it's called, Fatter Day. I'm gonna show you how to do it, and he was like, and I thought Doctor Oz was gonna give some real insight, and Doctor Oz was like, he was like, are you craving a, uh, are you craving chocolate? chocolate cake this is what you do you air pop some popcorn and then you take some chocolate powder no and you sprinkle over the top of it with a little butter and it's gonna give you that carby sweet feel i'm like if you don't get your dumb ass out of my face (laughs) if you don't get your stupid ass look it up fatter day even the women that he brought up that he brought up women on the stage to like try, trust this stuff, to like try this stuff. And they were like, well, if you say Dr. Oz, whatever, well, they know it's not real. It's stupid. If I want, I want a German chocolate cake with six sticks of butter in it. That's what I want. You don't tell me, Dr. Oz. Can I say something that's probably dumb? Sorry. Maybe we should make that a sex a section, right? This is higher learning, but can I have a dumb moment? I don't really know that much about Dr. Oz. From what I know about Dr. Oz is he's got his own show and he's a friend of Oprah. 
and now he's running for office. I don't know what his show entails. I know he has a whole new true crime element, which is which confuses me. Is he does he does he talk about health on his show? Is it true crime now? Is it a talk show? Tell me why Dr. Oz is famous. What is his specialty, and why does he have a show on a primetime or, or a primetime network? Can can you tell me that? He's a very smart man, and he's very warm. Dr. Oz is actually a good dude. He is. He's a very smart man. I'm not saying he's man. not. I'm at, he's but that's warm. not answering my questions. Like, what is the Dr. Oz specialty? What he's is like he? America's doctor. He teaches you about being healthy. Thank he's you. a cardiac. He's a cardiac surgeon. He's like there we go. Teach you about being healthy. Teach you about. Here's his fatter day cheat meal plan. I just found. No, it. No God. <laughs> I just found it. <laughs> it is fatter day cheat meal plan. Okay. Why is it not coming up? Is it, oh, it's a oh, it's a video. I don't. I'm not gonna watch the video. But the Saturday cheat meal plan on Doctor Oz. It is learn how to choose the best Saturday for you to eliminate binge temptations. Plus, get the meal plan that'll make it popular. Please go look this up. I was, <laughs> I've never been more. Shout out to Doctor Oz, good guy. But I've never, ever, ever, ever been more disappointed. You say Dr. Oz is a good guy. Do you think he'd be great um, as a senator for Pennsylvania? I don't know and I don't want to know. You know what I mean? I I don't want to know. I don't want to know because I want somebody with a proven record of public service in that in that situation. That's what I want. Dr. Oz, come on. This is this is this is Dr. Oz's breakfast cheat. Two strips of turkey bacon, two eggs, and a whole wheat wrap. This is his AM snack for cheat salt. Okay. One ounce of brie cheese or goat trees, seven graham crackers, grape, and a tall glass of water. Okay. This is his cheat carb for lunch. One slice of whole wheat pizza topped with grilled chicken and veggies. Okay. It's PM snack. A half a cup of low-fat frozen yogurt and 10 almonds. And this is dinner. Cheat protein. Four ounces of lean steak. Wow. Root veggies. Are you still hungry? I am. Hell yeah, nigga. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different? Hi, I'm Jason Palmer, a host of The Weekend Intelligence, a podcast from The Economist. Join us to hear the stories that matter most to our correspondents and editors. Every Saturday, we introduce you to people and ideas that take you outside the ordinary and expand your horizons one episode at a time. Join us and see the world from a new perspective. To listen free until May 31st, search Spotify for The Weekend Intelligence. As a plant-based cheese company, Daya has never talked about beef in an ad before because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Daya cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Daya, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Daya Oat Cream Blend. All right, Kyle Rittenhouse. I think it was on this very podcast that I told people that Kyle Rittenhouse 
would be would have a problem being just a regular student at a college, a regular kid. And boom, he is no longer enrolled at Arizona State University. He's not a student of Arizona State University because protests from liberal students groups urged the institution to throw him out of online classes. They didn't even want this motherfucker online. <laughs> they didn't it, it wasn't they didn't even want him online. Okay. Uh he <laughs> was uh, gonna be online for a nursing class. Um, and he would like to physically attend classes, but they protested. He is out. Process. You saw this protest. Oh, protest. protested. I heard. I heard processed. And I was like, Pro- oh. they they process it either way. Look, kind of, we're doing it a little bit later than we normally do. Um. Uh, so look, you saw this, and what did you think? Well, sadly, I thought, damn, Van was right, and I mm. even texted that in the group chat. Because my belief was that Kyle Rittenhouse didn't want to be normal and with everyone else. He's a he's regarded as a hero in some circles. And I thought he wanted to live and stay in those spaces. You know, so Liberty University it is for Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, I my thought was, like I said, you were right. I. I think this is interesting, though, because I think the outrage came not because he was just on online classes, because he was constantly in the media talking about Arizona State University. So it was the affiliation of Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, we're just coming off this verdict. You're just coming off this Tucker Carlson interview. And the next thing you're talking about is your higher education, and it's affiliated with Arizona State University. It's going everywhere. People don't want that. The kids don't want that. I'm sure the higher yeah. ups don't want that as well. So it makes it, I'm not surprised that they have a petition and they basically kicked him out. Maybe for if he lays low for a little bit and quietly enrolls and doesn't publicize it, he wouldn't have the same result at another public university. But right now he's got to chill out. He's got to stop talking to the media. He's got to stop telling them his next steps. He just needs to try to retreat, live life, and pursue whatever it is that he wants to do. And I'll tell everybody about it. Nope. Honestly, he could have enrolled at Arizona State, and nobody would have known. I'll be honest with you. If I was a student, I wouldn't feel safe with Kyle Rittenhouse being on the campus. That part, too. I'll be real with you. I wouldn't be safe. In in college, there are fights. Kids get drunk in bars, and they fight. I wouldn't be safe in a situation with heightened sensitivities if Kyle Rittenhouse is around. Yep. I don't know what the the the, the carrying laws are there in Arizona, but I wouldn't be like Kyle Rittenhouse is liable to do some crazy off the wall over the, the escalating type of shit. You're right. And by the way, just being in the situation with Kyle Rittenhouse with with public sentiment towards him already makes as soon as Kyle Rittenhouse comes into the uh uh the, the 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 cafeteria it's a heightened situation wherever he walks into it's a heightened situation mm-hmm. people don't fucking like him they hate him he killed two people they're not fucking over it they're not ever going to be over it those people are never coming back and the reality is i as a university would feel unsafe admitting Kyle Rittenhouse fair or unfair 
I would feel unsafe. And if I was a kid, fuck no. I wouldn't want to be in class with Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't want to borrow a pencil from you, nigga. <laughs> I'm still like, I'm serious. I wouldn't feel I I I definitely, and there's gonna be some school somewhere that's gonna make a big show about welcoming him on their campus. Who knows what school that's going to be? But when he gets on campus, because he's gonna go to college somewhere, when he gets on campus, it's gonna be a huge deal even then. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And you you called it. I couldn't see it. Now I do. Now I do. But I think that he'll change his ways. I don't think that he will be as public about his next move because now maybe he was thinking like me, like, oh, I'll be fine. Well, clearly you're not. And people don't like just because a jury of 12 people found you not guilty. That's not how the rest of the world thinks. And this right here showed you that. So, you know, he's got an uphill battle for sure. Kyle Rittenhouse's best bet is to start a podcast with Takashi 69 Wow. That's his best bet. Okay. His best bet is just fucking go full troll. Because he's not going to be able to slip back into the... He's not. People are not going to forget this. Slither. I was saying, I, I was I was saying, you know, like uh, Zimmerman is at a different point in his life. They don't want to go to Cancun with you, Kyle. They don't want to go to Panama City Beach with you. People are going to see you and they're going to be pissed off that you're there. All right, now I want to see you at the football games. Sun Devils, they don't like you. Sandra Bullock <laughs> has black children. She's 57. She went on Red Table Talk, but you know that some bullshit's coming out when you go on Red Table Talk. I've never met. Has there ever been a show messier than Red Table Talk? Seriously. And people I, I wanna... keep sitting at that table. So in Red Table Talk, just A-list Jerry Springer? Let me tell you something. When I went through my stuff with Chris Harrison, they asked me if I wanted to come to Red Table Talk. No. You should have done it. No. So I You got a fucking podcast to promote. What is wrong <laughs> with you, Rich? See what you I'm think saying? that's what would have made the cut? It's a tape show. Okay? So you, let's live. You, you think that's what would have made the show? No. You go I, you you do it here and then you go on Red no, Table Talk and you say I don't like what they clip. I can talk a little bit about it here, but what I really like to talk about these things is higher learning. I don't want the them Ringer to clip and paste me for whatever headlines because they sure didn't do Sandra Bullock any favors. So go ahead and tee this up. Well, <laughs> hold on for a second. You wouldn't go on Red Table Talk, but you went on Uncomfortable Conversations. That was way before. And the reason I, I went on Uncomfortable Conversations is because I know Emmanuel. I was That's supporting. Still classic Rach. That's classic yeah. rage, right? That there. was, but that was June twenty twenty, July twenty twenty. This is March twenty twenty one. This is a totally so different funny. story. That's so funny. How did you even you. bring that? How how would the, how's your did your mind go there? Like to because that, that, the I'll, events I'll, that transpired, it hadn't even happened why. yet. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why my mind went there. Because I always think about you on uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Do you? It's very funny if you go back and watch it because you're doing your thing and you're Rach, but that's not Rach in her wild habitat. Rach is not uncomfortable with these conversations. Rach is very comfortable. No, I'm not. And I know. And so but I it's feel not like uncomfortable for, it's not supposed to be uncomfortable for me. It's supposed to be uncomfortable for the people watching with the subject. I feel matter. like it was uncomfortable for everybody there except for you. 
<laughs> I feel like uh, that Lindsey Vaughn was in the deep water. And they and like, they broke up and they ain't together anymore. Not that's funny. I'm just saying right. they're no longer I'm not together. Dissing. I'm not dissing. She'll 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 bounce back. It'll be she'll go deeper. She already this had. Time. I mean, she was dating someone else. I, I don't know if she'll she go still deeper. Is. Lindsey Vaughn gonna pop up with like Kodak Black. Watch. She's gonna go all the way. I can tell she's got the look of it. I love that she she's won't gonna... let me this this <laughs> me me move past this. You know I was originally supposed to be a part of the entire idea. You know that, right? Oh, that would have been great. The sto- the whole story was that, and Emmanuel will tell people this, his original idea was me and him to do it together. It would have never been what it is because as he will tell you, Rachel and I may say some of the same things, but we have two totally different approaches. It wouldn't have worked. Shout it wouldn't have worked. Emmanuel. Okay, so, <laughs> so uh, Sandra Bullock went on the show. Mm-hmm. Just black kids, right? They're black. You know, she's, she's adopted some children, you know, and she's Lewis, who she adopted when he was three and a half months old. She's also a mom to daughter Layla, who she welcomed via adoption in 2015, and she says that she wishes their skins matched. Which I gotta be honest with you is something that a serial killer says. <laughs> serial killer gets somebody and goes, "I just want our skins to match." That's something that a nigga from the Silence of the Lamb says. I want to match your skin. What the and fuck? And wear it. That's what Silence of the Lamb says. I want to match. I want to. I just always wanted. Can I match your skin? Think how creepy that fucking sounds. Uh, she says, "I wish our skins matched." <laughs> Sometimes I do. Because then it would be easier on how people approach us. She's a movie out. It's called The Unforgivable. She says, and I have the same feeling as a woman with brown skin being her babies or a white woman with white babies. So I guess my question is this. When you say I wish our skins matched, do you wish you were black? Or Thank do you, you wish they were white? That is the only thing I thought when I heard that. And this is why I can't stand Red Table Talk. How did you not ask that follow-up question? Instead, can you please read Willow's comment after? What did Willow say? What was Willow's response? I don't have it here. Can you give it to me? She says something about it's a mother-child dynamic. You shouldn't see color. There is no color. Got a problem with that statement as well. What's your problem with that statement? Well, sat, maybe that's the way you, you wish the world was. And I think that that was Sandra Bullock's follow-up is like, I wish the world could be like that, but that's not what it is. And so you can't say things like that as a mother of whatever race raising a child of a completely different race. You have to be aware of color. You have to be aware of the differences. You have to be aware that you're like, you walk this world in a completely different way than your children walk this world. But my thought was the same one as yours. When she said it, I was like, and which color would that be? Would you want your children to match your color or do you want to match theirs? Because you adopted these children knowing that they were a completely different color than you. And this isn't a knock to Sandra Bullock. I mean, if you listen to, I didn't listen to the whole interview, but I listened to more than what we're just talking about. And she does talk about conversations that she's had had to have had, whether she said did it on this or another outlet, 
she talked about certain conversations that she's she's had with her black son about <gasps> are you telling me she's had uncomfortable conversations with a black son i am was there an all-white background in the back and there were two Matthew chairs. mcconaughey was there and there were two wow. chairs yes i am there were two chairs there was <laughs> a backdrop with uncomfortable conversations it was all white um no but it it this this did rub me a little bit the wrong way because I wish, and I don't know if it's as much as Sandra's fault as it is as three black women sitting at the table with her who didn't press her or challenge her on the things that she's saying. Because if you don't know, Sandra Bullock's white and her two children are black. So it, and this is like my, my issue with Red Table Talk. I feel like they're more into getting the big get in the name than actually maybe having the conversation that us as viewers need to hear. And this did not need to end with, hey, here's some mother-child dynamic. There should be, we shouldn't be talking about color. Well, no, we have to when it's a white mother with two black children living in 2021 in America. You have to have those conversations. So I, I don't think that there was any ill intent behind what Sandra said. It did rub me the wrong way. But I got to say what, the part that rubbed me the wrong way was three black women at the table not holding her accountable for what she said or some pushback or some challenge or some more understanding. Because the problem is that the people that are listening to this need that, right? Which is why some people... Shout out to Emmanuel, but some people have problems with uncomfortable conversations because it, when you step into that seat and you become that authority as a black man, having these conversations, people take your word as gold. They take you as representative of what society or black society thinks. That's kind of what happens at Red Table Talk. So if those women at the table don't push or challenge Sandra, then they're their silence or whatever response they give is treated as acceptance or as gold or as how black women in general think. So I feel like there's a there's a huge level of responsibility that comes with sitting at that table that sometimes I don't feel like they always step into. Now, can I ask this question? Is it natural after being a mother, there's a job I don't know anything about, but I've watched it being done, it's a very complicated job. Sure. It's a very emotionally taxing job, and it's a, more, a very emotionally gratifying job. Isn't it just a human thing to say that sometimes, either for me or for the outside world, I wish there was one less level of complication that we had. I wish that all of our sure. things matched so it wouldn't be a thing. Is it so wrong that she said that? No, which is why I say... It rubbed me the wrong way the way it came out. And I understand the sentiment behind it. But I think it was the place of those other three men at, women at the table to say, you're right. And as a mother, because there's two mothers at that table, we understand where you're coming from and what you mean behind that. But sadly, because of the situation that's at hand with a white mother and two black children and living in America and in 2021, we don't have that luxury. And I just feel like it was, that's why I say it was on, it was on them. I feel like to ask the correct follow-up questions because you have people who will take that and be like, yeah, and it is hard. And I think Sandra, that's why I say, go listen to other interviews with that Sandra does, because she does talk about how hard it is. She does talk about conversations, uncomfortable or not, that she has to have with her children as a daughter, as a black woman, as a black man. 
So I think it, you can't just clip that headline, which they did, and use it as clickbait because she really does give more context if you listen to other things she does. Do you know who this is right here? Yeah. It's a proud That's Trevon- He's a proud Longhorn. It's Trevante Rhodes. That's right. Longhorn. Okay. Shout out to Ran Track at Texas. Ran Track at Texas. This whole thing is about Trevante Rhodes. I'm sorry, this whole thing? Yeah. It's about Trevante Rhodes. And why is that? Oh, bird, 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 whatever. They did the bird box bird movie box. thing together. <laughs> okay. And she was around Trevante Rhodes. And he was heroic. He was black. And he was amazing. That's the reason why she wishes her skin matched. Well, they couldn't see each other. So there's that. Don't matter. She felt the chocolate. It rubbed off on her. Oh, she felt. She knew. She knew it was chocolate. She could feel it. If you put a blind blindfold on the society right now and I walk in the room, they're going to be like, there goes a nigga right there. <laughs> they're going to know it. I walk in the room and the drums start talking about you want to be like? bl- what is What's she here? What is she here? That's what that's how she that's how she felt right there, you know? Trevante Rose, she's like, God damn, I wish I could just be out in Hollywood with him and have no one judge me. I wish my skin matched. <laughs> that's gonna be the new thing you say all the time. I wish my I wish, skin, I skin I wish my skin matched. I wish I- <laughs> I wish my skin matched. Okay. Um, Abrupt turn. There has been another shooting. We talked about the fact that these shootings are going to happen. Um, They're going to happen because America does not have the courage, the wherewithal, and the political gumption to tackle the issue of gun violence and of mental health head on. Mental health is an impossible issue for Americans to tackle. It's getting better, but it's possible. Gun violence is an impossible issue for Americans to tackle. It is not getting better. It's actually regressing, if you ask me. And those two things combined make for a situation to where people are going to carry out uh, incredibly heinous, cowardly, and scary attacks. And it's going to have to be a part of our way of life. We've discussed this. It's very sad. This one happened uh, up in Michigan where a 15-year-old terrorist named Ethan Crumbly opened fire at a Michigan high school in Oxford and killed four people and wounded seven others. The names of the people who were injured, injured or excuse me, who lost their lives were Tate Meyer, Hannah St. Juliana, Madison Baldwin, and Justin Schilling. Um, Tate Meyer is a football player who, according to classmates, rushed the shooter to try to save his classmates, and he was killed. He died on the way to the hospital. Here's the thing. There's not much to be said about this. We can take a minute here on Higher Learning to think about the victims of this, 
to think about the parents of the victims of this, to think about all the kids in the school who are going to have their psyches permanently scarred by witnessing such carnage. At some point, though, and it's like a broken fucking record, we have to think about the next victims. We have to think about the next shooter. We have to think about the next school. Because unless we stop quibbling about the things that are easy to quibble about and begin to really push for the things that are really important and see some action done, uh, we are going to continue to produce new shooters who are going to continue to produce new victims. You saw this and your thoughts were what? Um, it's another tragedy, a senseless tragedy. And I think we talked about this on the podcast because sadly we've dealt with another school shooting and I can't remember where it was, but I remember this was shortly after things started opening up and we dealt with, I don't know if it was a school shooting or just a mass shooting. Either way it was, it was mass. And we, the reality was the world's opened back up again and we're getting back to normal. And that includes mass shootings. Because that has become a part of our society, whether it's in a movie theater, a mall, a school, mass shootings are a way of life in American society. And what really hit home for me was when I was, I was driving and I was listening to the radio and I heard one of the on-air personalities say that their nephew, instead of just going through earthquake drills and tornado drills and hurricane drills like we used to go through as kids, they go through shooting drills. If there is a shooting or a shooter, an active shooter on campus, they have drills on what to do. Let that sink in for a second. You're talking about acts of nature when you talk about an earthquake and a hurricane and a tornado. We now have to have drills and procedures and protocols in place for active shooters because it's that commonplace as are natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. That, that is wild to me. And, that's, and, and the reason that came up is because it was the discussion of that video that's viral that's going around. I don't even know how much that should be played, but it shows basically an act of them following protocol of not opening the door and asking specific questions. And it turns out there was the shooter at the door in that video. And the teacher knew certain questions to ask to verify whether or not they were able to proceed through that door or if they needed to remain hiding and barricaded like they were and ended up saving that entire classroom because they were able to run out the window and into the arms of the actual sheriff. But that's just wild to me. That's a, that's what we live in right now. That's what we have to have drills for because it's so common. So when you said nature, you compared it to nature, I looked up two definitions for nature right now. And the first one is the phenomena of the physical world collectively, including plants, animals, the landscape, and other features and products of the earth as opposed to humans or human creations. By that definition of nature, then these mass shootings aren't a part of it, right? But look at the second definition of nature. The basic or inherent features of something, especially when seen 
as a characteristic of it, helping them to realize the nature of their problems. By that definition, I would say that these mass shootings are a natural phenomenon, that they are arising from what is now the nature of American society. The nature of American society being a rush to use violent conclusions to your problems, both problems that you're going through individually and problems that are you're going through socially. The easy and abundant access of guns. The increasingly isolated feelings that our young people and other people uh, are going through. And along with that, the need to have your name in lights. All of those things are becoming distinctly human and distinctly American, which are making people do things that are crazy and that are despicable and disgusting in order to quote unquote, get their point across. The question then becomes, is there a way to adjust our nature? Is there a way to fix this problem? People that are smarter than me are probably working on that. I would be very interested to see what they have come up with. But this is a symptom of the nature that we have constructed for ourselves. Um, there's another part to this story. Keith Olbermann, former ESPN dude, uh, but not overall media guy, okay, CNN, tweeted overnight uh, that Tate Meyer, Barstool, Barstool Sports tweeted about Tate Meyer, um, put it out there that he was a kid that saved all of his classmates. And Keith Olbermann came back with a tweet that said this. This kid died to stop a school shooter whose mother echoed the Trumpist fascism of, before tagging Dave Portnoy, who is the president of Barstool and Barstool Sports. I don't know anything about Tate Myers, uh, about the shooter's mother, but let's say that Keith Oberman is right. Barstool tweeted out a tribute to a kid that died to save his classmates. I guess my question to you is, is this fair or not? It wasn't the time and place to do it. This wasn't the platform to use to use your Twitter account to go after Dave Portney and Barstools, who we know have a lot of issues, on the heels of them tweeting out about Tate Meyer, who saved many lives. The Whether you think that Dave Portney and Barstools is a piece of shit or not, doesn't take away from the fact of what this young man did, this selfless act that cost him his life and saved the lives of countless others. This wasn't the time or place for it. And because you chose this moment to make that point, your point is your point has never been made because people can't get past the fact that they did tweet something that was honorable and you took it as a moment to go after them. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you know what he did? You know what he did, Keith? And I have a lot of respect for Keith Oberman. Keith Oberman took that moment and he made it about himself. A hundred percent. 
he made it about his personal feelings to an organization. Uh, shout out to PFT and Big Cat, some of my homies that are over there uh, at Barstool. But I don't fuck with Dave Portnoy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't fuck with Dave Portnoy. Arian Foster has a has a has a a podcast over at Barstool. I fuck with Arian Hart. I fuck with Gillian Wallow. Fuck with I, those guys. But I'll let you make but, a point that I'm going to ask about that. Okay, um, but I don't I don't fuck with Dave Portnoy at all. Uh, I think he's an asshole. I do. Um, I definitely think he's an asshole. But my impression of him uh, can't cloud my judgment as a human being in a moment where people are mourning and trying to salute someone right. who made a sacrifice that they shouldn't have had to make. That was Keith Oberman being arrogant. That was Keith Oberman um, looking for the attention that he got. It's very disappointing for Keith Oberman. Yeah, guy who I have a lot of respect for. Very disappointing I, for Keith. I Oberman. like Keith too, but this this was this wasn't it. Uh, let's talk about Dave, just for a second, just for a quick second. Portland? How do you feel about you know you talk about Big Cat and PFT, and you talk about Arian Foster, Dave Portnoy, Portnoy, Portnoy. It's problematic mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. One, do you think he's racist? And two, how do you reconcile people who continue to benefit and profit off working under someone and representing a brand that's very problematic? Okay, it's a good question. Number one, obviously, I don't have a very strong leg to stand on here. Let's just be honest. I worked at TMZ for nine years. Okay, so I don't have so so. Let's look at this. I don't have a very strong. But you don't anymore. So you know. I don't. But it would be just really weird for me to kind of go there. But I will. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll put it to you like this. And um, I would never work for an organization like TMZ ever again. I think that's already that's already uh, been established. But I would say this. I would say that if as Americans, okay, if as Americans we, if we put people up to a purity test based upon who they worked for, I feel like a lot of Americans will find themselves out of jobs. Um, I think that if we looked into, like for example, if we held NFL players to that same standard, they're working for a lot of guys who are Trump supporting racists, who um, donate to all kinds of weird causes, who say all kinds of weird things, right? Some of them are heavily invested in private prisons. Some of them do other stuff like that, right? And so it's very hard for me to say, hey, because you work for this particular guy, then you are that particular guy. Now, if you're working in the situation to where you have to then parrot those beliefs, or go along to get along with those beliefs, then I'm looking at you in a specific way. You know, uh, it would have been hard to have been Gillian Wallow when Dave Portnoy was saying, when they was on tape saying the N-word or whatever like that. Uh, But the reality is, if they're cool with it, I'm not going to make any judgments about, I wouldn't be cool with it, but I'm not going to make any judgments about them about it. It's like, I'm not going to judge. I am not 
especially if you're black. I'm not going to judge black people by what white people do. So if if you're in this, I'm 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 not I'm not going to make <laughs> I'm not going to make any black people responsible for what any white people do. Now, if you if you if if you work for them, so I would tell people right now, like what I want you to do, quit your job. Now you're somebody who you don't have any money. Like what are you supposed to do? So it doesn't matter what the fuck any type of boss company organization does. You're not against anybody. Just get in the bag, no matter what they, cause that's, that's literally what you're saying. Like you're, well, ba- it, it, well obviously it, okay. Well, obviously situate it, it's, it's situational, but I would say to a degree, I guess what would constitute you saying I can no longer work here? And 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 that's a fair question. I think the the thing mm-hmm. when you com- when you compare it to the NFL players and like NFL players work for these owners that do this and this and this. I don't know how much that's publicly known and I don't know how much you're expected to for NFL players to research which owner supports prison. Well, we're, so we certainly know it now. Right. I don't know which owners support prisons and I, I that's No, no, no. I'm talking about just the fact, well, number one, we know which owners are Trump supporters. I mean, those, I, all, I don't know all, the running list. I mean, I'm sure majority, but I just I don't all know the, all of their do, all of their donations and stuff are I, out there. But right, but that's like research and looking it out. Look, I guess more so with Dave, the things that he's done are very public and out there and there's just like a there's a lot of people who constantly post about it. Uh, I myself have posted about it actually, and who have put it on people on notice of what this brand and their the person who heads it represent. I think it's more public. So when a Dion Sanders signs on to do something or an Arian Foster, you're telling me at no point are you kind of like, hmm, that's a little Rachel. Rachel, this slope is so slippery. Okay, I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm 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 just I'm I'm being honest, man. This to be honest with you, this conversation could go in a lot of ways. It like it's like this slope is so slippery. When I when I say it's just I look, there are <laughs> there are people I look at I'm like, oh, that's kind of surprising, but I don't get in people's business like that. I know who Arian is. Yeah, I know who Arian is. It's not an assuming, I guess, about getting in their business. That's not how I look at it. It's just more of like it raises an eyebrow, I would say. Maybe it's not something that I personally would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for example, I used to go on one of the podcasts under Barstools. But I wasn't informed on some of the things that, as a whole, the brand stands for. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go back on it. I wouldn't do it again. Right, right. And Let me ask you this. Would you... Okay, so many people think The Bachelor is racist. Well, I think we've we've established that. You went on there? I didn't I had never watched the show. All I knew is that black people didn't go far. And I and that and I talk about this. I went on it more. But after you did watch it, you then I, went on in with the lead of it, right? I did went on the lead with as the lead because I thought I could make change. I thought like right. you're giving maybe me the they opportunity. Think they can make change. And maybe they do. Saying? And maybe they and do. If somebody, and right. I, 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 my, my point is my point is my point is you would have to like I'm not I am not in a position to look at those people. I don't know what it is that they're trying to do. Like I like I'm not in a position to be like, hey, you shouldn't be working here. Especially without a conversation. Like, 
there are definitely places that yeah there are things that somebody could do like yeah that i don't think you should be working there there's definitely stuff that would be like right away like i don't think that you should be working for president trump i don't think that you should be working for you know out and out unabashed white supremacy i don't think that you should be working for that but what i'm saying is this slope is very slippery right yeah do you look at a nike exec and say hey you shouldn't be working for nike because you guys are exploiting children in 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 Asia. You know what I mean? It's like the, the slope gets very, and I'm making any excuse to those guys. If you want to hate them because they worked there, if you want to have a problem with them working there, Prime or Aaron or any of those guys, that's fine with me. But yeah. what I'm saying is that it's just, it, it gets kind of rough for me well, to kind of look and, at that. And I'm not asking you to call them out. It's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just more so like, does it make you go like, huh, that like, why is that person working there? Or this the, this company has been accused of this, this, and this, and then they hire you to come in. Don't you think that like maybe like they're 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 trying to have some type sort of representation because they've been accused of A, B, C, and D? I don't know. Like it's just you're right. It's a slippery slope. But you, you when you brought up those names in the company, it just made me wonder. Like, huh? I wonder what like your thought is about people who work for companies that are so public, publicly problematic. Okay, what are your thoughts on somebody like Mark Lamont Hill or Ebony K. Williams, who both worked for Fox News? Did they? Well, Ebony worked for sure. Did Mark? Oh, Mark Lamont Hill. I didn't know he, he worked, worked if he was a News. contributor. Okay. Oh, he was on the. I mean, come on, man. So, he was but, on the O'Reilly so show. Who was yeah. he on the show, right? Did he work for the show and just these people just have their own show? Did Mark go on Fox News and was he fully Mark Lamont Hill? And was he the opposing, was he talking to an audience as Mark Lamont Hill and the beliefs that he has and and what he stands for? That's totally different. He was- Oh, totally different than what? Because Arian Foster is Arian Foster when he's on Barstool. Well, well, what's it? I don't know what Arian Foster's podcast is. Is it about sports? It's called microdosing. It's like, it's microdosing. It's him and PFT. Is it about actual- Microdosing? But he, <laughs> what is it about? But he's gonna no, it's about different issues that they get into and stuff. But he's gonna be Arian Foster wherever he is. And that's fine. And so, that's right. fine. I'm saying is are you are you under bar barstools and you have a sports podcast or you have a reality TV show or whatever it is, but or you are you on this network fully representing yourself to an audience as someone who maybe contradicts what this organization, what your president stands for. To me, that's what Mark Lamont Hill brought on Fox News. Well, so then the question wouldn't be whether or not you can work for an organization like that, because that the answer is obviously yes. The question is, do you capitulate when you're when you're when you're on the and 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 I don't think that those guys do. Look, it's not up to not. me to re- and they might not. It's not up to me to defend them, but I'm certainly not about to. Um, is it, it has? I'm just not. It's just. I wasn't just asking you, you to condemn them. I was asking you what your thoughts were. That was my. Oh, whole, yeah. That was my whole thing. I was never Am asking I, you to call them out or condemn them for what they do. I was just curious because we get curious on this podcast when the subject yeah. came up. Huh? What do you think about that? Yeah. Um. Like with with Prime and Arian and Gillian Wallow, I didn't think anything. Okay, they signed with Barstool. Like I didn't, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think anyway. Like Dave Portnoy is an asshole, but there are many people who work at Barstool, many people who work at Barstool who are not assholes that I know. Many people. Mm-hmm. So that is what it is. What a great conversation! All right. Uh, speaking of kids who are assholes, did you see this video 
of this kid who punched the shit out of his opponent during the post game. Yeah. The fuck is this dude on? <laughs> He's like Carlisle Wildcats. He punched a member of his Nevada opponents. When uh-huh. the two teams exchanged handshakes, he just went boom. Punch the dude in the stomach. Boy, those body shots hurt. Um, uh, then he uh, he got him in the face. He the player is uh, Ty Dittmer, who's the team's guard. He's falling backwards onto his teammate. Then started started throwing punches at the Carlisle player, Carter Prentisil. Oh, Carter hit first. Excuse me. Carter Prentisil hit first. Ty Dittmer then recovered. Nevada won its season opener 72 to 47. Okay. So Nevada beat the <laughs> shit out of them. And Carlisle uh got got with it. Uh he's been arrested. Excuse me. Carter's wow. been arrested. Um on felony charge of willful injury. Do you arrest them there? I guess you do. I don't know if you arrest them there. Well, what do you do? do you ar- well, what do you do? Because, like, do punches on basketball during sports sporting events? No, because I've hit somebody on a basketball court, and I would there be. There you sh- go. And I, if God, I was, damn. if I was arrested, I would be like, "What? It's an inherent part of the game, right? We get physical." Right. This was after the game, though. Oh, oh, we should oh. say. Oh, they were lining up to shake hands. And he got off on it. I got nothing for you. I can't help you out. <laughs> That's not an inherent risk of the game. Game's over. Game's over. You should have done that in game. Actually, you shouldn't have done that at all. Excuse me. Sorry. They got to start testing <laughs> these kids for steroids, man. This was this was OD. He really went there on these guys. When do you I test for this... steroids? Not till college? I don't think till college. I don't mm. think they're testing for steroids in high school. I looked at this. Uh, I, I looked at this and I was like, damn, man. I'm so happy these kids weren't black. Just <laughs> show some white people fighting and acting up. Rappaport, put this on your Instagram, bro. Right? Put this on. Man. Oh, by the way, Rappaport has been, he changed after our conversation. There's some white violence on there. He's, been, ahead, he's been diversifying it. That's what he said. Been he diversifying it. Yes, <laughs> shout out to Rappaport. Um, okay, real quick. Uh, we have to talk about a, a, another tragedy. Jacqueline Avant, the wife of Mm. Clarence Avant was killed during her home invasion robbery. Very, very, very sad. Um, 81 years old, she was. Some uh, people broke in to their Truesdale home estates. Truesdale estates, Truesdale estates home is very, very, very upscale and swanky here. Right. I don't know if you guys have known, but there has been a rash of robberies. Uh, and burglaries and B&Es going on in these Beverly Hills neighborhoods, okay? Uh, L.A. is experiencing a full-blown robbing season like I've never seen before. It is really, really crazy and wild out here. Um, They shot and killed an 81-year-old woman. My God! There are no words. I mean... It's crazy because I feel like every day we're talking about, did you see this video of someone getting shot outside of a restaurant? Someone getting their their watch jewelry stolen in broad daylight on a patio of a restaurant, walking to their cars, 
walking into their homes with their babies, driving home from a whatever event and being followed. And then now it's an 81-year-old woman in her home in the middle of the night. Home invaders kill her. 81. And her husband was there as well. It's very sad. Clarence Avon, if you guys haven't read or haven't seen uh, The Black Godfather, then you should watch it. Talks about how important this man is to so many different things that have gone on in the field of entertainment, just society in and of itself. It's very, very sad this is going on. Uh, a lot of angry, struggling people out there, but do not turn to the barrel of the gun uh, to to alleviate that. You know, we've seen this. Terrence J was robbed. People are just getting robbed. It's just, if you're out here in LA, just keep your head on the swivel. Keep your head on the swivel. Very sad. Sorry for your loss, Mr. Evont. Really, really sorry for your loss. Okay, let's get to mailback. Mailback time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailback time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Uh, from Paige M. Bollinger. Have you ever re-gifted a gift? And what is your policy on that? I re-gifted a gang of shit. As a matter of fact, if you get a Barack Obama and uh, Bruce Springsteen coffee table book, Renegades, like, oh, Rachel, you got one too? <laughs> <laughs> Currently being used to prop up. <laughs> if, you get, if you get... Barack Obama, Bruce Springsteen, Renegade book. Uh, if you get that for Christmas, that that got regifted. Oh, the Renegade thing you got the up album? there, the Renegade, the album. I'm regifting that. I can find an Obama fan, regift. I'm a fake like <laughs> Obama signed it. As a hey man, my like, mom would love this actually. Like yeah, if I gave that to somebody, I'm. But I'll definitely read because like people send us a lot of stuff that yeah, we didn't yeah. much we didn't ask for, you know. And it's not like, like they're it, bad gifts. You just know that maybe gifts. somebody else would appreciate it way more than you could. And there's, there's bulky. I am a hundred percent about regifting. I get a lot of stuff, even through extra. We do a bunch of stuff. I'm all about the regifting. There is no policy. Don't let it go to waste. Regift it Don't to somebody. Regift it. Somebody, yeah, yeah. Especially if it's like taking up space. All right, next question from Kinsey Niggin. Uh, what does your Spotify rep? look like it does okay let's go let, let's go back real quick don't say that <laughs> to niggin? that's the same thing with me you no, go no, back no. to niggin no i'm going about to go back to niggin but don't say what you're about to say <laughs> because it's the same shit for me let's go to niggin. Let's, to let's deal with niggin let's stay with niggin okay <laughs> we're not going to do this question okay because we have to talk about this name and i want everybody in <laughs> the thought warrior I want everybody in the Thought Warrior community <laughs> to help us debate this name. This person's name is K N K E N Z I E K N I G N. What, Donnie? Put can you put it in the chat, please? Yeah, I need to see it. That could be Kenzie Knighton. <laughs> Kenzie Knighton. Okay. But Donnie, Donnie, I went with niggas. You went, with you went with Niggin. I don't think that's Niggin, bro. <laughs> Hold on. It's K E N. Is this the full last name? K E N Z 
I E K N I G I N. Whoever you are, I'm inviting you to come on the next <laughs> podcast and tell us what your name is. That's got to be Kenzie Knighton. Kenzie Knighton. That's got to be it. I'm going that with can't Kenzie Niggin. Niggin. So full Niggin. disclosure, this is a handle. This is what the person's well, we're, we're assuming, Trudy, we're assuming that's her full government name. <laughs> Kenzie like, Niggin? Kenzie Najin. Nah, it man. It's got to be Knighton. It, it's got to be. I, I'm going to go with Najin. We're going to go with Kenzie Najin. I'm going to look up Kenzie. I'm going to go to Kenzie. But Donnie, Kenzie you shoot. went with Niggin. Very logical. I went with Najin. Very logical. Donnie went with Niggin. Niggin. Donnie said Niggin. You know what we're going to do today? We going <laughs> to... We Niggin. Okay, so I'm looking at I'm looking at Kenzie's profile here. All right. I don't think it's Niggin, man. Kenzie seems... <laughs> Kenzie seems like a very nice lady. Like, Niggin and Najin. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She does have a picture holding a cut-off 21 Savage picture she so nigging she nigging in the she picture might she nigging in the picture she might she might be nigging i don't know <laughs> i don't know i'm sure it's not nigging. Kenzie, you gotta Kenzie, come on you gotta you gotta come on give so us much. give us the correct wow you gotta come over and give us the con, con, permit thought warriors let us know is it nigen is it nijen nijen i said nijen is it nigen kenzie nijen 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 or Kenzie Nigan, it's not nigga no. Or is you it played Negan? her with the Donnie, you played her with the nigga? My bad, my bad. Let Trudy so take over. Her. Let Trudy take over on the questions. Yeah, you, you, you played the <laughs> shit out of with that nigga shit. That's nice. I'm about to Go talk ahead. about everybody's name. <laughs> like, okay, the next question from Von Cannon underscore. Would you rather speak every language in the world or be able to speak or be able to speak to all animals? Van, this one's for you. Oh, Obviously, man. I would be able to, I would want to talk to all the animals. We've been talking to humans for a long time. We can't get shit solved. I bet if I was able to talk to all the animals, I would get so many answers. I would get so many answers about the earth, right. so many answers about all kinds of stuff. I would be, I would, I, I feel like if I could talk to the animals, I would rule the world. I, you I figure would. out how to rule the world. You would. Yeah. You would. I mean, me alone, it's just, if I could communicate with copper, I'm done. So the facts, forget all the other animals, that's just a bonus. If I could talk mm -hmm. to my dog, that would be amazing. So yeah, definitely the animals. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if me and Bozo's relationship would get better or worse. If oh, I could talk it would to get him. worse. He'd probably be like, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> hey, hey, throw the ball. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. Bozo throw the loves ball. you. Dad, loves the ball. Dad, the ball. Dad, the ball. Dad, the ball. This is too much. Okay, last one. Let's go. This is from Going Off Topic Podcast. What is the most overrated holiday movie? Uh, a Christmas story. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. A what, what a wonderful life. Miracle on 34th Street. Jesus <laughs> Christ. This is so tough. Rachel, <laughs> it's so tough, man, that you would say a Christmas story. I got to be honest with you. I can't think of one overrated Christmas movie. I named three. 
So I, I'm just kidding. I don't think all three. But um, yeah. I answer. Don't I guess like I answered for you. Yeah, I can't think me. of one overrated Christmas movie. Like I really enjoy most Christmas movies. Christmas is a special time. It is. It's a cuddly time. So like, do you watch like Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies nah, as well? Fuck no. Okay, so then there's your answer. Right. All of those. That's the answer. All of those are overrated. Anything that has Kirk Cameron in it. Wow. It's like it's it's overrated. All right. Do you have an unexpected ally of the week? No. I do. Good. Who? Brian Kelly. The new oh, head coach of Louisiana State University. I didn't think that you would be my ally, Brian, but now you are an ally. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! I have an ally of the I have an unexpected ally of the week. Who? Mine goes to Lincoln Riley. So what? Because y'all got Brian Kelly because you couldn't get Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley decided, you know what? I don't need the SEC. Everybody's going tit for tat in the SEC, fighting over each other, getting canceled out in an SEC championship. I'm going to go to the Pac-12 and I'm going to run it. I'm going to rule it. And I'm going to take my recruits that were coming to OU with me. Unexpected ally of the week because he played everybody, right? All them people. You're not even up on this story. We were never in with Lincoln Riley. That was a smoke screen. That never happened. Nobody was, but... I think fans thought, ooh, maybe we can get well, a Lincoln fans, Riley. I'm not talking about what the inside people thought. You know, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley scared. said, by Florida, by by LSU, I don't scared want none of, the of y'all. SEC. No, no, he scared knows better. SEC. I think it is scared. such a smart move that he went to the Pac-12. Scared. He's going to dominate. He's going to rule scared. recruiting when it comes to it. Scared. Mm. All those people scared coach of the SEC. thought, maybe we could get Lincoln Riley. Scared. Unexpected scared ally of the, of the week. Shout out Scared. to USC. You know why? Because he knows. He, he knows, knows what? He knows he couldn't come down to this. I don't think Brian Kelly's going to really do anything for y'all. I'm going to be honest. The last three coaches have won a national championship. I don't think. I, last three coaches last, at LSU? Yeah. Ogeron, I, Les Miles, and Nick Saban. I really the last don't, three coaches have won I national really championships. I really don't think Brian Kelly's going to do it for y'all that way. But, you know, I've been wrong we'll before. We'll see. Shout Steve out Sarkeesian. to the Netherlands. Shout out to the <laughs> Tom Herman, Charlie Strong. We never. Okay, should have. never mind. I was a first time we got a black coach. <laughs> Don't put some yes. respect. Put some respect Arkeesian? on Charlie Strong's name. Herman, Charlie Strong. We can skip over Herman. And and yeah. Sark's had one year. One year. Yeah. Sark the shark. All right. Um. Take Dean caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Oh, oh. Next podcast, we've got a special surprise for you guys. Something that's never been done before on the Higher Learning Podcast. Tune in next week so you can find out. Niggin. Niggin. We niggin next week. That's it. We niggin next week. (laughs) That's a surprise. Make a t-shirt. 